Hey y'all, this is Jasmine Castile and I am going to start a brand new podcast called Hands Off My Podcast. This true crime podcast is for the lost voices of family or friends. They have the story of their loved ones that are or were unalived, missing, human trafficked, or exploited because of being a person of color and would love to share your story. Please contact me at handsoffmypodcast at gmail.com. Let's make your voice no longer the voiceless. If you fall in my community of LGBTQ2 spirits, Asian American Pacific Islander, Black Indigenous people of color, then you're my people. Or if you like to follow and share on any of your listening podcast apps. Dios te bendiga. Today's guest is Dr. Ellen Morris Tigerman. She is the founder and CEO of Tigerman Schools and Community Services. This prolific professor, she tells her journey, specifically a program that is focused for children of a variety of disabilities. Her heart of gold made it her mission to create a program in hoping to reach over 400,000 children in the world. Please give a warm welcome to ever blessed Dr. Ellen Morris Tigerman. Hello, hello. Hello, Jasmine. How are you? I'm very well. How are things for you? Okay, good. It's so nice to meet you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for even coming on my uh, minuscule podcast. <laughs> I'm, it's my pleasure. I had looked at your website that you are you a professor or just a teacher? You're Dr. Ellen Morris. Can you tell me a little bit more on your field and the reason why you chose this journey in creating an academy? I'm guessing that that's correct, or, or a school institution? Yes. So I was a professor at Adelphi University, which is located on Long Island, for about 22 years. And in 1985, I met a family um, at the Speech and Hearing Center at the university, and I worked with a little boy, uh, Jonathan Davis, um, whose mother has become a very close friend of mine. And uh, in working with Jonathan, uh, I recognized that he needed a very special school. And when he graduated from the Adelphi program, uh, his mother went to look uh, to see if she could have him placed. Uh, in a special school, and she couldn't find anything that she found to be appropriate. And she came back to see me at the university. And I said to her, Toya, how hard could it possibly be to find a school? And we went looking. We couldn't find anything for Jonathan. So I had a conversation with Toya about starting a school. And in September of 1985, I opened up a school for special children, just like Jonathan, and uh, I have operated this school as the founder and CEO for the past 36 wow. years. Okay, mm -hmm. so it is a special school. We go preschool all the way up through high school. At this point, we have four campuses. 
we have two in Queens. We have two in Glen Cove on Long Island. So we have an elementary school, a middle school, a high school, and a K-12 autism program, which is located in Woodside, Queens. Wow, wonderful. That is, uh, I commend you on this journey. That is, that is a lot under your belt. And I'm glad that you've actually found some type your passion in regards to that, because you're absolutely correct to the uh, lack of schools that have that type of program. Uh, I myself, I have a nine-year-old that is a sensory processing disorder child that falls on the uh, autism spectrum. spectrum. So in, in briefly, could you explain to the listeners exactly what the yes. learning method, what that entails in your, your institution, your facility? Okay, so I believe that all children with disabilities share a common problem, which is a language processing disorder. And there are many different labels in the industry in special education, learning disability, autism, emotional disturbance, intellectual disability. I'm sure you've heard, Jasmine, all of the possible labels. Okay, mm -hmm. I don't believe in any of those labels. Mm -hmm. What I believe is that all of these children have a language processing problem. So the Tigerman method is really a transdisciplinary approach where you get together with a speech pathologist, a special education teacher, an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, all of the special people who work with your son, with your child, okay? And you put them all together and you have them share all of their goals and all of their objectives. So they're all working on very common themes. They're all working together. Okay, they're all organized to focus on very language specific objectives. Okay, so that's the Tigerman method. It really is a focus on language. It's all about teaching children how to communicate effectively in a social setting, learning how to interact socially, learning how to ask questions, learning about the experience in a social setting and using words, using language to code all of those experiences. Mm -hmm. I completely concur with that analogy because I loathe the idea of putting my child in a label. There was so many times that I had fought with the system identifying, you know, what can we do to make it more uh, a positive in his educational journey in the schools and they would fight to the nail about, well, he is a problem child. He doesn't know how to sit down. He, he has issues with interacting with other children. Um, he has the, I call it the deer in the headlight look because that means he's overstimulated in an environment. And then all of a sudden they call me they or they identify that he goes into ISSS, which is in school suspension because he's not able to calm down. He's becoming verbally or vocally um, loud in class, disrupting in classes. I mean, I've had the whole spiel. I've done the IEP. I've done the 504. I've done the uh, occupational therapy. 
the behavioral therapy, you probably have heard it a thousand times. And I personally was exhausted of having to find that nobody wanted to work with him and this new label that he has. He has been transferred to like, they guess they were trying to identify that he should go to an alternative school. I'm like for bad children. And I'm like, he's not a bad child. You have to find a way to provide proper resources and tools in a teacher who has been trained in understanding that, you know, all students are not cookie cutter students. They all have different levels of education and learning process. Some learn by, um, you know, and we do it as, as adults today. We identify like we learn better when someone shows us visually or by touching a project or, you know, the, the different types of levels of our comprehending our skills is on, you know, how we, you know, all using our senses and learning something. And when you have someone identifying that, you know, you're a problem child, we don't want to work with you. That is hard for a child. Their beginning of life to say that nobody loves me, nobody cares about my educational growth. And later on, you know, nobody wants to be in a relationship or having financial issues and nobody wants to help me out and they feel completely hopeless and helpless and that's something that building block has been completely just demolished it's not even there it's not existing so i'm glad you actually have an academy that emphasizes on that type of you know understanding about the children and their disabilities and disorders and all and how to deal with it. And like I just mentioned before as well, that you've had a procedure on prospective students who are interested in enrolling in your classes, that they go through the same spiel that I just threw, you know, spewed out about. One of the questions I wanted to know a little bit more about you, um, when did you first become passionate? So I think you already told me about your parent and so forth, but what kind of challenges do you love to dig into now that you're involved in this even more? Well, I, my inspiration started, of course, when I was a child. And just so your listeners understand a little bit about my background, I was with my little sister when we were playing at a park and she walked up a slide and fell off and had a traumatic brain injury. Oh, no. She was hospitalized for several weeks. She was in a coma. And when she came to, she had lost most of her speak, speech and language functions. Oh. Okay. And I watched my father work with her for 12 years um, in a home training program that he personally developed. Wow. Um, and it was the most amazing experience for me in terms of, you know, watching on a daily basis what he did with her and how, you know, creative he was, how persistent he was, and how much he really loved her in terms of, you know, his dedication of time and energy. Mm -hmm. He never, ever gave up on her. So that's my background. I think the challenges today really relate to keeping the school open and making sure that there is, you know, appropriate funding so that we can support not only the programs, but also the teaching staff. And, you know, funding is a critical issue because particularly in New York State, 
I don't know where you're coming from, um, Jasmine, like where mm-hmm. you are in the country. But mm-hmm. here in New York, it's a real problem for special schools like I have. There's a funding difference between um, public schools and the special education schools. So, for example, a teacher working in a public school might earn ninety or $100,000 a year. But in a special school, just for children with disabilities, there's a 30% difference in terms of the salary. So if you work in a special school, you are earning significantly less. And it's not, it's, it's really wow. discriminatory. And there's a serious parity issue in these special education schools. So if you think about it, there are about 400,000 students with um, special education needs attending these special schools. It's a big discrimination problem because there's a parity issue involved. So that's our biggest challenge today. Oh, and yeah. it, it, it's a distraction because you really want to focus on taking care of your students and the children in your classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be distracted by something that should come so easily. But like you said, it's very combative to some of the school systems that are set up in a lot of the states. I live in Texas currently, and it was like tooth and nail to even find the proper of anything, any proper education uh, classes to be, uh, you know, customized to his his disorder. Um, he had to get those earmuffs. He had to use a tripod pencil. He had to have an OT. I had to pay out of pocket to get an uh, occupational therapist, behavioral therapist, because they didn't even have that program inside the schools. Mm -hmm. And that's something for me as I'm a self-employed. So that was like an arm and a leg in regards to even looking for someone. And within the vicinity of our residential area, I live in a combination of ranch farmland and the closest place is to like 50 miles from here so it was like going there every two weeks I mean that was impossible for me so this is a lot of hoops and hurdles around trying to get just that but the point is that you are dealing with that as a broader spectrum as an educational uh, facility to find the proper funding and that that definitely needs to be uh, re-looked at and, and re-evaluated because I think that's very imperative to have that as an option across the world. I'm an advocate. I support that completely. I mean, a thousand percent knowing that I have a child myself that is in the same situation and there's 400,000 other children like they're out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we have, we have literally 700 families that we support through mm-hmm. these programs. We go preschool all the way up through adult adult services. And, you know, on the adult side, we have several residences. So we have uh, young adults with disabilities living with us in these uh, group homes. Um, we have uh, daycare services, a day treatment programs. We have all kinds of programs that take, you know, individuals with disabilities into the community we provide transportation. So we offer very comprehensive services straight across the lifespan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, again, my eyes are definitely wider in this conversation and I commend you even more than I 
came into this podcast interviewing with you because that is the a huge challenge. And I mean, I am all for it. If I can find a way to push it, I will help on my end because I know that we definitely need that type of education option for our children. Absolutely. Because they are our future. You know, there's no way around it. You know, we can't keep cutting corners on the education. I mean, that's the base and foundation of our children. Absolutely. So, um, and I guess, what is the biggest myth that you see that's, you know, shared as advice over and over again that you've encountered? That's a great question. And the, the answer is that individuals with disabilities have extraordinary lives. The myth is that there's no hope. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that is definitely not correct. Okay. There are wonderful opportunities for children and adults with disabilities. There are phenomenal programs, like I said, group homes, transportation, taking them out into the community, um, supported employment in terms of job training, vocational training. In fact, just to give you an example, in my high school, I have two retail stores. One is a Calvin Klein store and the other is a Tommy Hilfiger store. And what we do is we train all of our high school students how to work in these two stores. And they uh, they have an internship after they've been in the stores for about a year and a half, two years. And we move our young interns, our high school interns, into the community. We travel train them. They take trans- public transportation They travel to a local Calvin Klein store and a local Mm. Tommy Hilfiger store in the community, and um, they have an internship. So they have an opportunity to meet people and um, use their job trained experiences uh, that they've been through in the high school. And it's absolutely a phenomenal program for them because They come out, they are really job ready, work Mm -hmm. ready. And that, I think, is the most important thing that you can give um, a student with disabilities. You give him an opportunity to learn to work, to be independent, and to have a a full life. And it's just absolutely fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I I. I mean, I you I used to work for I think it's a rehabilitation, which was for adults who dealt with different levels of disabilities. And yeah, I mean, I was the activity coordinator. I kid you not, the program was they gave me one hundred dollars for one month of using for supplies for five different classrooms of like 20 students per classroom. And that was a challenge just within myself doing that and creating things that and I love to see the smiles on their faces because of something that they're able to accomplish. And I mean, it can be done. You have to have people who have a beautiful heart like yourself, Dr. Ellen Morris. I mean, this is just, we need more people like you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. You're very, very welcome. I guess in closing, if I have, um, where would be the best place for other people to get to know more about your academy and all the additional programs and as well as possibly funding your uh, institution? What would be the website that they can go to? Okay, so my website is 
tigerman.org. You can Google Tigerman on, you know, uh, on the internet and the school will come up and some of the books that I've written will come up. So you can certainly learn about my method and learn about the schools that I've created in New York. And I'll be happy to, if you send me an email with a question, I'll be happy to answer you. You having 35 plus years under your belt, I would have definitely asked you if you had written any books. Well, I did do something very interesting, Jasmine, that's outside the box. Yes. That is, I decided after all of these years that I was going to do something different. And what I did is I wrote a novel and it's called Tenure Denied. And it's a murder mystery about past lives. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. I'm going to definitely page turner for me. Well, have a wonderful weekend again. And it's been an honor so much for you as my guest. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jasmine. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Palu Zion podcast. If you yourself is a small business owner, entrepreneur, musician, or artist, or liked what you heard, Please share and follow. I am on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, or contact me at www.jasminecastillovoice.com and stay tuned for the next upcoming episode.